0: This is The Rabbit Hole with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson for your local tyre power. Great to have your company for The Rabbit
2: Hole. Episode 8, you can find us on Twitter at Rabbit Hole SCN. We're here thanks to Tyre Power. Fantastic supporters get your free five-minute tyre safety check, particularly given that we're coming up to Easter and a lot of people, uh, Tim Watson, will be hitting the roads, travelling, catching up with friends and family. We've been to Tyre Power, free five-minute tyre safety check. Best five minutes you'll spend.
1: Hi, bro. How are you going? <laughs> Feel free to talk
2: at any stage.
1: Well, I was waiting for you to stop, and now I'm saying, "Hi, bro. How are you going?" I'm well. You're looking forward to
2: Easter. Do you have a sense of some sort of yes? Uh, not, it's not festive spirit, is it or not?
1: Mm, well, it's family gathering in our family, so we always get together over Easter so I'm very much looking forward to that. The kids are coming down to Glen Maggie got a couple of car loads of them, some dogs, some chocolate egg hunts, hunt, some uh hot cross buns. <laughs> Do you like hot cross bun
2: I've never I don't think I've ever eaten a hot uh, hot cross bun. Do you not like fruity things no I don't like sultanas necessarily that's what they are aren't they
1: well, they then, can be I in thought there. they were
2: like a scone.
1: No, they're like a bun. Right. It's a bun, not a scone. Completely well, what, different. How
2: is it different to any other bun that you have? Well, Just it's scone. more like
1: a bready bunny sort of type thing. Has it got an icing got, on it? No, nah, not really. can have a glaze on it, but mm. not any icing. And what do you do with them? Eat put them. Put a snag in it. Eat them. No, you put some butter in them. You you can have them fresh with sourless. butter, or you can toast them, which most people do over Easter because they can go stale quickly. So you can have a bit of toast and put some of your lurpak, your
2: favourite butter on it. <laughs> Talking about fruity things, uh, just this, this is the rabbit hole. People who mm. may not have listened to it uh, and what well, they expect. Be a few people out there. Uh, There's not many that haven't. Uh, is it? We don't know where we're going to go with the program. We just go down do. different rabbit holes. Uh, we've got a rough idea, but not necessarily about sport, although we are going to delve down a. Um, a Melbourne issue with a a, a former president by the name of Joseph Gutnick. I've been wanting to ask you a lot of questions about this. You've been been reluctant to talk to it today exclusively on the rabbit hole. You've been (laughs)
1: reluctant to talk about this, but I'm going to get some detail out of you this morning. But just talking about fruit, I believe there may have been, I'm not 100% sure about this, but there may have been some fruity language coming out of your mouth yesterday when you were trying to sort out... We're
2: not going to talk about this. About my Telstra issue.
1: Yeah, you had a slight Telstra issue oh, yesterday. Well, you rang me about it. You don't normally ring well, me I about couldn't, things. couldn't because I was You uh, wanted my advice. I couldn't ring
2: you because Telstra locked me out. I
1: said, keep your fruity language tongue in your mouth. That's what I told you.
2: I was, what that, happened? I, ch- I wanted to streamline my Telstra, right? So I've been a Telstra customer for at least 30 years. Yeah. I, would, I would think at least 30. Mm. I don't think I've ever missed a payment on a bill in, ever. Ever. And I'd hate to think how much money I've spent with Telstra.
1: How many family members are on over your Telstra journey, card
2: too? Over the journey. All the all boys? Of them, all of them? Not now, because yeah. they got there. Or two, one of them has. Right. Nikki's on it, internet, yep. here, the farm, you know, yep. all, all that stuff. Yep. It's a big bill.
1: You got your big tower that you had built for you down at the peninsula as well.
2: And I pay every time, like we all have to, never miss, ever, ever missed a payment. On time? On time. So I've had my credit card got um,
1: scammed. Scammed. It? So we
2: got a new, ordered a new credit right. card. Then you go through all the different change of credit card and all the things. And I thought I'd done them all. And I must have missed one bill. Right, 68 bucks. So I've done all this thing. And anyway, I go, right, oh, that's it. She goes, sign up. Yep. I'll just put that through. Duh, duh, duh. Sorry, what were you signing up for? Well, I was streamlining and I was getting a new phone right. and another stuff. You know, And a new plan, all new plans. Because right. you can get better plans. Okay. If you new phone as well? <laughs> It's a long story for not much. Anyway, the wash-up is, no, nah, you've got no credit here. No credit at Telstra.
1: Because you missed a payment.
2: I said, so I beg your pardon? I've 30 years of never missing hundreds of thousands right. of dollars, probably over 30 years of phone bills.
1: Okay, tone's important. <laughs>
2: no, <laughs> were, you, no. were you
1: responding like you're responding now no. that we're talking about it? Well, were, was, there of,
2: was there a little bit of anger in your voice? Not at the people I was who, It's not their no, fault. No, uh, It's more at the Telstra. Right. I said, now, can you please? And then I said, sort. Yeah, I need you to sort this out. In this me. tone. I need you to sort this out <laughs> Otherwise, and then I only have, you've only got one option when you're in this situation. Otherwise, I'm over to Optus and I'm taking my whole business with you. You didn't. I went with that one.
1: Well, Tim, okay. So have you got to this? St-
2: that's disgraceful to
1: Okay. So have you got to the stage yet of do you know who I am? No, I
2: never, I've never done that. But. Did you
1: say at any stage I could could put this over the
2: airwaves? (laughs) I I didn't say it. I intimated. And what was This won't be good for Telstra. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know I do a podcast? I didn't say that. But. Do you know we're going to be talking
1: about this on our podcast?
2: All you need to do is go back and look at these bills for 30 years. Simple. Never once. Look at all those payments. And she called up the bill for the last few years and she goes, I can see you've never missed ever. Right. I said, now you've got a $68 bill. Clearly there's a. Yeah, with my credit right. card. She said, I'm sorry, there's nothing I can do. I said, no, it's not your fault, but I would suggest, please, in the strongest terms, could you take this up with your manager? Otherwise, we're off. <laughs> we're off. The whole line family are off.
1: Did you say to her at any stage, I want to speak to your manager?
2: Yes, I started with, <laughs> No, I did. No, but not like at that. At what stage? I'm not one of it? those people, but I was outraged with this. So yeah. I said, you respect, I, know you were. I need to speak to someone yeah. higher up.
1: And at any stage, if I could get – because I'm, I'm going to go searching for this because most things are recorded. <laughs> <You might be. laughs> if I can get a recording of the conversation, did at any stage, did any fruity word come out of your mouth?
2: I said I don't like to be mucked around. <laughs> no, you didn't. You didn't say it like that. I did, Tim. I didn't say it to th- – Did please. you drop the F-bomb at I want to make this patently clear. Right. I was None of it was directed to the people <laughs> I was working with. <laughs> Let me be very clear. And I reiterated <laughs> that a number of times. I said this is not directed at you.
1: Right. Okay. But I why, don't want to be mucked around. Because I know this is the right que- come on. I know this is the question that people are thinking of asking and because they're listening to this now. Why didn't you just say, look, I'll pay that bill, that outstanding bill with my new credit.
2: card. No, no, there's the kicker. I said, right, let's fix this right now. And she said, no, uh, that's that'll be 24 hours.
1: What do you mean? It takes 24 hours for the payment to go through.
2: I don't know, Tim.
1: Right. So I the said, resolution is my
2: credit wasn't any good there.
1: Okay. So did you I've get never all...
2: had a credit issue ever?
1: No. But did you get all your bundling done?
2: No. As a result of that.
1: Are you with Optus now?
2: Not yet. Did you <laughs> stand by for today? Because I know three. Anyway, I know. I, look, I know. Just just quickly, it's a rabbit hole that we've I, gone. down. We've we?
1: gone down a rabbit hole. Okay. But three weeks ago, mm-hmm. you had lunch with your new best friend Annie Penn, who yep. used to run Telstra. Yes. The, Did you at any stage the, of that conversation yeah, yeah, say, I happen to know the, the former irony. boss of <laughs> Telstra, he's a neighbour of mine down on the peninsula, the irony, Andy Penn.
2: The, the irony of this. Did you drop
1: that in at any stage? Not once. Not once.
2: Because he no longer works there. You'd have context. The like irony that. is, had it been a month earlier, I would have said, now listen, <laughs> my very good friend is Andy
1: Penn. <laughs> and his best mate's Fred Shepsky. What, how do you pronounce his name? Chespy.
2: Fred wouldn't have any. You know. <laughs> Fred
1: was at the luncheon. Fred Skipsy
2: wouldn't have any pull with Telstra.
1: I tell. Fred could make a movie about this.
2: <laughs> anyway, it was so frustrating.
1: But it's not sorted it out. Mm, well, can I just give you some advice? Yeah. Eat some humble pie.
2: No, there was no swallow
1: your pride. It's humili- go back with cap in hand to Telstra. I am going to go back because not great coverage with the other guys. Not great coverage.
0: You it think tends they, to drop out you, a lot more than uh, Telstra. Anyway,
1: it's
2: not about me, but wouldn't you think they go, well, oh, right, this bloke, look, he's got he's got these other no, bills. No, too that, simple. Shush. He's got these other bills that got paid there, so he's clearly changed his credit card. I can see. He must have missed this. Let's go with history. Have you got a history of this?
3: Hmm. You know
2: what that is? That's Research. The, that's the pages going back to 1991. Yeah. All the way, he never missed once. Wouldn't you say, oh, look, I think we can put this through, and We'll give him a call. I've say, got some.
1: I think you've missed that would have been the simple solution. i got some bad news for you. What is it? And that is that bad credit rating you now have at Telstra. Mm. That's, that gets shared. So you're going to have problems with... All, okay. all, of okay. your, all of your debiting.
2: That's fine. I, it'll be affecting all I, of your debiting okay. now. I dare someone. You're going to have to go I, through okay. this. <laughs> I dare someone to. If they say, I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> you, your car finance audience. with this is no longer, I dare them to. i say, okay, good. I'm off. I'll go to another car. I don't care, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> I dare them to. <laughs> you
1: be tied up for months sorting I'm not
2: am You know, I've <sighs> never Welsh on a payment ever in my life, so no. it's just life. Actually, you're very generous. It's just life, and that's that's a ra- that's a little you're rabbit very... hole. I didn't think we were going to go down that rabbit no, hole. No, but people can but relate to stories. They can relate like that. to it. They Everybody's
1: can. been in that position at some stage. At can their I,
2: life. before we get on to our biggest rabbit hole that we're going down, which right. is with Joseph Courtney Can right. I just talk about something that I stumbled across yesterday? And I spoke about it on our radio show, but over the coming weeks Mm. you're going to hear much more about this. Why is that? This isn't Tim Watson, who was my boyhood childhood idol.
1: Mm.
2: At the completion of his career, was I assume approached by Australian Football Videos, who at the time were the biggest distributor of match of the day highlight packages, marks of the day. Like you could buy the DVD, biggest the biggest hits, all that sort of stuff.
1: Can I just pull you up there? A lot of approaches. I had a lot of approaches from a lot of different organisations, a lot of different
2: media outlets. Okay, This may have been one of them. Okay. Amongst the myriad approaches that that came your way was Sandy Roberts who said, listen, Tim, how about we sit down and talk about your career? Mm. And um, I'll come to Glen Maggie where you've got a beautiful farm. Yep. And I'll come and sit down and we can go through it. And you said, what a great idea. Get down there as quick as you can and take your time because we'll ramble our way through The bomber from the bush.
1: I said first, I said, uh, are there sheets involved? No, you didn't. Yes, I did.
2: I'm going to put some vision of this up because it's a video. And on our podcast, we'll support this. Can we do that? my word we can yeah we can do it starts with a cutaway of you and susie and a young obi Joby one kenobi just wandering through the meadows down at glen maggie just, <laughs> like the long tall grass you need to go back and have a. your life. hand is just going the, the close-up of your hand just going through the tall grasses with the lake glen maggie in the background and the McAllister river winding its way through your property and sandy roberts says and tim loves to get back to his country have we got that have we got the start of where he talks about his farm?
1: Well, I'll tell you what, you've
2: painted a great word picture. This is something that I'd like to watch. Well, okay. If you've got issues sleeping, let's. I'll just play you a little bit. <laughs> Which bit? It starts, I thought it would go straight to your debut with Essendon, but no, the wish starts very early.
3: When I was 13, I went across to um, New Guinea in a Victorian representative side. and um, uh, And then when I was 14, I played in the under-15 Victorian <laughs> side. And so I played for the Wimera. Uh, Glenn Hawker was in that team. Um, uh, Mark Dreher, who played um, played for Collingwood and went to Adelaide. Stevie Wright, who um, played a lot of games for the Swans. And um, we played up in Sydney in that carnival.
2: All of and a sudden, really... all of a sudden I'm going, oh, okay, so it's going to be long form. <laughs> We're getting blow by blow description of the under-14 Victorian team. Well, you should be asking me questions now. Why? Well, maybe you
1: want some more detail about. I don't want to. I glossed details. over Papua New Guinea. I glossed over Sydney. I've glossed over a lot of things.
2: I've got it all. If up.
1: you're a good interviewer like Sandy Roberts was back in the day, that's when you'd start to ask me some more I know,
2: questions. I've come to know you. You haven't got any curiosity. I've come that's to know point. you very well, right? <laughs> yeah. And I know you as a modest man, Yeah. someone that doesn't that shuns the limelight to a large extent. Does what What made you do this? Well, it
1: was a DVD I got. Um, I got asked to do it paid. And you back got in paid. The, you got you paid to How do much? It. it seemed like a lot of money at How the time How much did you
2: get paid for this
1: life story of the wisp 1500 1500 A lot of money
2: paid. back <laughs> It's got video it's I would have
1: bid myself for 500 back in those Tim, days
2: Again you can watch this on it's
1: triple the amount I thought it was Tim worth Kim is
2: sitting in front of a massive brick wood fire with the the flames just tickling the backs yeah. of the old wispy hair.
1: And the problem with that was? It burned out three
2: times. <laughs> it was
1: filmed in the summertime. <laughs> <laughs> the bomber from the bush is... And they'd say, the, then the cameraman would say, oh, the flames are burning down. They're burning down. We need to just throw another Susie, couple of logs on the
2: fire. Susie, Chop down another the fire up. It, uh, it is unbelievable the way, the level of detail. Beautifully was, shot. No, it wasn't. It was one <laughs> camera. Just look, lock off camera view. <laughs> In front of a fire, and I must say, having had a look at it, mm. you looked like you're stoned. Is Sorry, there, was there any chance that you'd had a p- 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 <laughs> just to relax before the <laughs> before the big interview? It was so hot, <laughs> like this. It it was it, it was it had really big hot. cow eyes going. It was
1: really really yeah,
2: hot. I on the <laughs> and <Papua New> guinea. <laughs> <laughs> what was on your voice too? Oh. <laughs>
1: Uh, that's been digitally changed, that. Somebody's got to that. <laughs> no,
2: nothing. What was the other bit that we were going to play there, Brooks? i have going to – I haven't listened to it all. You're going to watch the whole thing, I only man. got this yesterday, so I've only got bits and pieces of it. Have a listen to some of them. Wanna... Yeah, this is the thing. This is the, what we're going to get from the bomber from the bush.
3: Well, that's one of my great disappointments, actually, that um, I missed out on state games. I, I don't think the state selectors had a very high regard for me as a player. And I know they didn't because um, – when Sheeds obviously spoke to them and then, you know, he was fairly candid about what they thought of me as a player, which really hurt me and um, <laughs> I felt very disappointed in their assessment because obviously um, I thought they were wrong and um, I knew that if I was given the chance then you know, I would have been able to perform, but there was times when <laughs> I was left out of the side and not played and um, oh, a, I suppose that really You've bared your me,
1: soul
2: with
3: You've bared
1: your soul you. you with know, really Well, pissed. this is the thing. He had a very hypnotic Voice Sandy and a and a way of asking questions. You and were
2: really hurt and um, it disappointed me uh, <laughs> greatly. Uh, oh. Not to uh, be uh, um, in the Victorian team. Can I just say? That <laughs> what? I think we've probably played enough. No, I,
1: I think we have. Uh, I, for today. I tell you, no, no, for 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 the. No, no, for today
2: we have. I'll the, throw it out
1: there, and if we get any feedback, I tell you, hand it, on heart, if we I'll, get any feedback from anybody out there that wants to hear more of it. I'll allow you to play more, but if we oh. don't hear from anybody, then this is the last time that we'll be playing anything.
2: Hand on heart, I am going to go home and listen to and watch this whole interview and I'm going to write <laughs> well, notes, take notes and I'm hey? going to time code it and talk about you and the bomber from the bush. Okay. It's... And
1: I'm going to spend from now until next week hunting down stuff that oh, I can no. find. <laughs> don't... I'll be talking to Panch and Bev. <laughs> no, no, I'm sure they got stuff somewhere locked away in cupboards. Of you, <laughs> gold
2: bomber from the bush. Stand
0: by for next rabbit hole next week. You're listening to the Rabbit Hole with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson for Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tire retailer, keeping you safe on the roads. Tyrepower.com.au Great to have you with us on the
2: on the Rabbit Hole. It's episode eight. We don't do much footy, or we only touch a few issues, but... Wisp, you wanted to go down this rabbit hole, I'm prepared to go down it with you. where we get to, will we get to? Yes,
1: because when we started doing this, I said, I will only do this on one condition, what? and that is that we do talk about the Joseph Goodnick, the aborted merger between Hawthorne and Melbourne many years ago, okay? So I want to, you've never really wanted to talk about
2: well, this. Well, I've never wanted to talk about it, it's, it's been, it's, it's a story well told, mm-hmm. it, it's been well told and well documented, so... I can give you my take on it and right. what my memories of it are. Given it is back, we're talking about 1996.
1: 1996, 1997. Yeah. I'm going to do era. it. I'm going to do it sort of Sandy Roberts style here. So oh, it's going to be at oh, times. F-
2: at, from the bush store. At times style. it
1: may be a little bit painful for you. <laughs> okay, and I want you to reveal things to me and our rabbit hole listeners that you've never revealed before. But it will only be because of the strong question <laughs> that I've Take me back to 1996, okay? Because Melbourne uh, broke, Hawthorne broke all this discussion mm. about a possible merger. How did it infiltrate your mind and the minds of the players at Melbourne at the time?
2: Well, can I just – in 1994, so 1994 we played in a preliminary final. and 1995 we missed the finals by, you know, just a half of a bee's dick. So yeah. we weren't a basket case on the field, but off-field it would have seemed that, you know – Nomads, no home, no no physical or spiritual home because mm. we were traveling everywhere. There was no you know, sponsors, I suppose, were hard to, to get by. And so it, uh, I wasn't playing in 96. I had injuries. My back was crooked. Buckled, <laughs> buckled rib. Buckled rib. Had the rib buckled at eh? bu- Already buckled. But as the year unfolded, we had these. Ian Ridley was our president. Yep. Ian Ridley. Tiger Ridley. Yeah. Mm. The late.
1: Went to Dimboa Memorial High School with my mum, as a matter of fact. They were both school captains, if I can just insert
2: myself briefly in I knew, I knew you I knew you'd get in somewhere. Just briefly. All I'm saying, why I mention Ian, really, is great a Melbourne man as you'll ever meet. Like This is a man who captained the club, was the co- coach, president. Mm. Great, great Melbourne man. Five, four, five, six premierships. Yep. Good fella, too. Yeah. He's telling us, as the president of the club, that this club won't exist beyond 96. Right? He's telling the players. Right. And he wanted us to support, or well, the leadership, I was the captain, the leadership to come out and throw their support behind the merger. And I said, no, we can't. Do, oh, that's not for us. We're not doing that, you know. You it, had that conversation it, with him? Oh, 100%. Because they were desperate to have the merger because they thought... That
1: was their only answer. And
2: they always thought that Melbourne were in a much stronger bargaining position than Hawthorne and that, you know, it would be rebranded. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it wasn't our spot. We said, no, not do, we can't do that. You guys do what you're doing. So anyway, that... By the end of that year, there was going to be a vote. And famously, that was all the passion of Don Scott with Hawthorne, you know, the pro and anti-merger yep. factions of Melbourne. It was a really difficult time, which was horrible. We tried to stay at arm's length. It was hard not to do it. The bottom line is, then the irony is, in 1996, the last game of the year, Melbourne played Hawthorne at the MCG. Yes. Right? The merger vote is about to take place, I think, sometime in September. So the two, I didn't play, but the two teams ran out onto the ground, not knowing if the oldest footy club in existence, Melbourne, and this super successful Hawthorne side that had been around, were going to cease to exist beyond that game, that last game. Right. Now you might remember Dunstall kicked his 100th that game, I think. David Neitz kicked six or seven Mm. and and six, and then Chris Langford walked off the ground, Hawthorne Mm. won in the dying seconds. Took his jumper off and waved it over his head. The symbolism of that, from his point of view, was, "Hey, we're mm. Northam, We want to be here next year." Melbourne players walked off, going, "Righto, well, no, that's it. Is that the last time we'll ever be in existence?"
1: So it must have been a really hollow feeling, though, for you and all the other players at that time.
2: Terrible, terrible. Like you just and you were the captain. I was the captain and not playing, which didn't help. So. Sorry, so when did Joseph Gutnick appear on the scene? Was it during the year
1: of 1996?
2: Yes. Um, um, Brian Dixon was the anti-Melbourne merger voice. Another great Melbourne. So you're talking about the two great Melbourne eras. One teammate was saying no merger. Another one, the president, was saying merger. Brian Dixon presented Joe Gutnick as the financial saviour. He said, here's a man who was prepared to tip in money.
1: Can I just insert myself in this story just briefly here? Because <laughs> we I, have already. I was a cub journalist oh, at were, Channel yes. 7, right? Yes, so yes. I, I was on the beat back in those days. Mm-hmm. And we got a call at our office to say that uh, there was a press conference that had been called at the at the MCG, yep. and it was going to be held in the Melbourne change rooms at the MCG. So, oh. And this guy called Joseph Gutnick, who was mm. the white knight, was coming and he was going to address the media, which he did. Mm. But I remember that day because man who was the C- Eo of Melbourne at the time, he was standing off to the back because he wasn't supporting this. Right, this was all sort of happening around him and yeah. the administration of the Melbourne That's Football right.
3: Club. That's
2: right.
1: He was as interested as anybody else that attended didn't the press. What he, well, he didn't know who he was, no what he was going to do, what he was going to say. He was sort of standing there interested and. That's my story insertion. So just no, to, but it's a
2: really important one because no one knew, no one had ever heard of it. It was
1: extraordinary. Everybody knew this guy from the business pages of uh, the papers because he, he was, was a diamond miner.
2: Di- yeah, and diamond, diamond Joe.
1: Joe, diamond Joe Gutnick, all that sort of stuff. But nobody knew what he was trying to do and whether or not he was actually going to. At the time, I remember the conversation was around private ownership, even that he was going to buy the Melbourne Football Club and turn it into his own.
2: So you imagine how big a story it is the oldest, most established sports club in the world, almost, mm. who have got a strong traditional MCC alliance and membership and having this – like a, he was a, a, a disruptor, if you like. From way outside, he's, uh, you know, I don't mm. know the whole – the correct title, but very orthodox Jewish um, background. And so he loved the fact. So what did you think you folks in the media were doing? Oh. Just manna from heaven. I remember being 100% on the footy show, was. on a panel on the footy show – and they marched him out. You know, yeah. Eddie was having a ball. Sam was having a ball because it was great. Yeah, I remember Patrick Smith's of the mm. world writing these stories. You know, the traditional club being upended by this man, you know, who's going to tip money in. So, anyway, to cut a long story short. Okay, so
1: he's there. So he's he's there, there in the background. There's yeah, still this uh, merger talk. Yeah, so, so how, did that, how, did,
2: how, did, how did that then play I'm out? i trying to remember. So, the, 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 the he, deals done between the established Melbourne board of Ian Ridley saying they said, look. If the vote doesn't go through, we will stand aside and Joseph Gutnick will assume the leadership, the presidency of the Melbourne Football Club. Okay,
1: so if they don't vote for a merger, both parties are talking about? Yeah,
2: that's right. So the, after that last game, I remember being at the Mad Monday having beers and getting picked up by Ian Ridley and... Uh, my, I don't know, Cameron Trott maybe and taken to Joseph Gutnick's. he had a hotel, like a hotel in Hang on. Balaclava.
1: Hang on, so you're in the middle of your Mad Monday. Not the middle, at the start. Well, you've had a couple. At the start. Because you used to run the drinking competition no, there I didn't, too, didn't you? I didn't
2: run them, no, not at all, but I'd had a couple of beers. Right, so they you said, were you were a bit dusty. No, I wasn't dusty. No, no, I, that's a good part of the story. But I wasn't. I wasn't drunk or dusty. No, but you had a couple. I had a couple of beers, yeah. and they and said. Were a, there. Joseph has asked if you'd come down because he wants to tell you what his plans are if the vote doesn't go ahead. And you know, right? You didn't drive then. No, I got driven. down. You got but, driven there. Okay. So we went to his hotel. We sat there. He said, "This is where who I am, and this is what I, you know, I hope to do. This is the money I will inject straight away into the club if, if in fact, the merger doesn't go through." I don't know what he was just presenting. I said, oh, "Okay, well, fair enough. So how
1: did you respond on behalf of the players?
2: Well, I didn't have to respond. I was just listening. So I said, okay. But
1: did you support him?
2: No. I went back to the bad Monday. Yeah, And all the players are sitting there. Look, they're, like they're, about, going, they're going, what's going on? I you're said, about three
1: right. pots behind everybody else now. At so. least.
2: I said, I don't know. I've just met this Joseph Kutnick. And he said, this is what he's going to do if the vote doesn't go ahead. And he's going to inject this much money, blah, blah, blah. And that was it. So then, then the vote...
1: Right, can I just pull you up on that point though? I'm I I I left, you, I would left out You're heaps trying of to stuff. gloss over a lot of things. Okay? <laughs> no, I'm not glossing. Yeah, no out. you are. Did you did you support him then? Did he win you over? You sat down with him. You're you, you, you're there with Tiger Ridley. He did he win you over? No. Why did, not?
2: He was well because I had no idea about his background. I didn't know whether he was just a publicity seeker who was prepared to buy his way into football, like he wasn't as long stand. There was a story around that he was a passionate Melbourne supporter. Mm. I don't think... He was never a member. Right. I know that.
1: Did you ask him what number you wore just to <laughs> no. test him?
2: No, but that's okay. There's been plenty. Of, but At the end, I felt like Melbourne were prepared to sell their soul. Right. You know, and, and maybe they had to because financially they had arrived at the point where they thought they had to merge.
1: So you didn't support him?
2: He didn't need my support.
1: No, so. I know he didn't need your support, no. but uh, you form opinions very... Quickly and sometimes no, strongly. No. Did so, you support him no, or not?
2: No, you're getting ahead of it. You, so we had to let, have the vote, right? So the vote... No, no, out. I
1: don't mean that you supported him publicly. I mean that you supported him as the right person maybe to be running the Melbourne Football well, Club and being the boss of the Melbourne Football Club.
2: No, I wasn't asked that directly like that. But at that stage, it was paint, painted to us that merge or take good Nick's money. Yeah. So... what? That was your choice. That's, those were the two choices. Yeah. So Melbourne members famously voted to merge by however many, you know, small percentage, but Don Scott inspired, you know, ripped yep. the jumper off, all that stuff. Hawthorne don't. So no merge, right? Right. So we, I think everyone from the playing point of view, were, thank God Melbourne are going to exist, but now we're going to have to exist with under the auspices of Joseph Kutnick. Yeah. And that was the next part. So he takes over the footy club, injects his money. So, you yep. know, yeah, fair enough.
1: Okay. Do you meet with him again?
2: know oh, no, they, he met with everyone then.
1: Yeah. So but do you, did he did he try and get you on board in any way no, as a new no, chairman? No,
2: no. You no. just became the president. Right. And um, did you
1: ever meet with him across the well, road here? I'm getting
2: to it. Okay. So then the season starts in ninety nine. Neil Barm's a coach. Hmm. Season starts in ninety seven. Played a few games. My back's cooked, so I'm no good. And then round five comes, or round six it was, nineteen ninety seven, <laughs> Melbourne are playing St Kilda at Waverley and half time. The president of the Melbourne Footy Club goes and does an interview. It's half time. Melbourne it.
1: are getting smacked
3: by some guilty.
2: and he does an interview with Eddie Maguire and the Triple M boys.
3: Melbourne can't keep on performing the way it's performing, so we have to make
0: unpopular uh, changes. And uh, we'll meet, the board will meet in the near future. And uh, in order, we have to uplift, there has to be change because we're getting into the rut that
2: we've been the last number of years. Well, jo- so it has to be some kind of a facelift in the, uh, besides the president, the
0: new president looks like we're going to have to have some new other positions and uh, changes with players and, uh, and other administrative changes. I'm sure you're quite aware of Joseph Kutnick's comments on radio at half time today. No, no, I'm not. Yeah, was was quite scenic. Um was suggesting that there's going to be widespread changes at the club this week. There'll be crisis talks held and some positions are in jeopardy.
1: Yeah. Oh, well, that's right, is it? He's he's obviously very passionate about his footy, but um, I wouldn't think the best way to get a result is to talk to the press. I think um, he should be talking to all of us, and I'm sure we'll approach it in a uh, methodical, analytical way. I don't think emotion really has much to do with it. Extraordinary. That That is extraordinary. Listening back to that.
2: It is unbelievable. No? So
1: that's at halftime of a game. You've yeah. got a chairman in there talking about all the changes they need to make at his football club. I'm sure that they pushed him harder and harder. Intimating,
2: basically, that the coach gonna well, more than intimating. So there's going to be wholesale changes. That's right. Not the president, because he's the president. And somebody,
1: <laughs> and somebody also that everybody around him believes doesn't really understand the mechanics of the game either. Well, Tim, it's
2: fair enough to say that. Come on. The, and – this is the
1: other. No, but it's fair
2: thing. enough to say, isn't it? I have no idea about anything.
1: There you go. You've gone a little bit deeper than what I did.
2: Well, of course, he didn't know anything about it. So, in the, how his- did- in the history of AFL, VFL yeah. football, has a president gone on the at halftime and said, "I oh, think I'm going to sack the coach here. We've got to make some changes." No, and no. Rather it than rather than give him the respect and talk to him, yeah, I'll go and do it on um, on FM radio.
1: Barmy handled it beautifully post-game. We didn't know about it. No, but he did handle it beautifully when he was asked the question. Like, he was as diplomatic as you could be under those circumstances, and he was as measured as you could be, too, when somebody says that to you about your president, your chairman talking about your team and your club, and even about your position, Can right? Can you
2: imagine that happening today?
1: No, I can't. What happens after that, then, so, internally?
2: What happened was...
1: When did you find out about Monday, that?
2: I don't know, like everyone. Straight after everyone everyone, was was talking about it. So Monday, I, with Cameron Schwab's the CEO, and I go to his office just here, right?
1: So does he call you to his office or does Schwabby say, look, you and I need to go as a delegation? Cameron Schwab is the CEO. Yes. And you as the captain. We need to go and talk to our chairman. Pretty much. Yeah. And we did, and we. you know, I said... Huge security around that building too. How long did it take you to get in there? I went in there one day to interview him. It a took long a long time. Took a long time.
2: And anyway, you just sit down going... You're, you're trying to be diplomatic here, right? Yeah. You saying, look, you, of course you're entitled to your thing. Mm. And he's thinking, hey, I'm putting million bucks, two million bucks. I'll, I I am entitled to I'll tell one. you. Yeah. Which is okay if you paid for it, but paying that money doesn't give you the right to treat your coach like that.
1: Right. right. Did you feel that you had the right as a player... To speak to him as openly and as frankly as what you would have liked to have been able to speak to him?
2: I supported my coach, so that's what I was doing. Right. So I, I had a great relationship with Neil. I So I, I didn't think that was the way that – it wasn't good for the playing group, wasn't good for the football club to have the president publicly try and sack your coach on radio at did you, half-time.
1: Do you Did you think when you entered that meeting that he wanted to sack Balmy that week? Yep. And did you think that you talked him around
2: then? Yep. Yeah, but and how long did it take? It was, it was respectful. Yeah, it I, I, no, he so it wasn't it
1: wasn't like your conversation with Telstra. <laughs> no,
2: no, no. But it was, it was just, more respectful because I mean. think it was an he, he's educated. He's yep. being educated all the time because yep.
1: he and he was listening.
2: Well, I thought yeah, I think he yeah. did. Well, he did, because but it only lasted sacked. three weeks right. because in round nine he got sacked. Right. So we played Port Adelaide. Um, uh, they they beat them seven uh, beat us seventy eight to twenty seven and at the end of the game they had a board meeting and sacked Neil. Now so that's okay. Now, when I say that's okay, no. I didn't want that to happen, but that's happened. Yeah, you know, forever in footy, and it's going to happen again in footy. It might happen this year to, yep. to any number of coaches. You mightn't agree or disagree, but that's okay. That mm. that's generally what would happen halfway through the year. The team's going terribly. They sack the coach not at half time, during a radio interview.
1: No, but when did they sack him?
2: Uh, I
1: don't know. So, on a Monday night I or imagine. whatever it might have been. Yeah, so, do
2: the players gather after
1: that? Because you all like Barmy. I mean, you still like Barmy.
2: Um, did we gather? I can't remember if we gathered. But Greg Hutchison. Um, he was
1: named the caretaker coach. He was named the
2: caretaker coach.
1: You yeah. are still not playing at this stage. So, it's round nine after round nine. Yep. You're still not playing because you've got a back. Yep. It's all back. Yes. Okay. So, were you angry now? Are you did angry we...
2: now at Goodnick? Uh, <laughs> am I angry? I wasn't. Yeah, I think I was dis- – I was really disappointed. Mm. Um, but, you know, he'd been sacked. and So I played the next game against Richmond, Hutchie's first game.
1: Right. Should you have played?
2: Um, I don't think we were – we weren't – I don't think we were travelling. We weren't travelling well. We didn't have a full complement of players. I'm,
1: I'm I was a little bit concerned about your mental state at
2: that stage. <laughs> no, so you I, weren't.
1: Do, I am – and I was because I've just got some audio here. This is Russell Morris. <laughs> And Mark Doran, okay, uh,
2: boundary
1: boundary line commentators for Channel 7 talking about what they may or may not have seen pre-game to this game back in 1997, Melbourne against Richmond.
2: We've
0: just got some pretty special news from Mark Jones. Just come across, Mark. You're in the Melbourne rooms and Gary Lyon had something significant to say tonight. He certainly did, Russell. Just as the Melbourne boys were about to run out on the ground, Gary Lyon had a fair income go at one of the committee men in front of the players saying, did you only think I was playing because I'm injured? Well, that's not true. It was very emotional stuff done in front of the boys and I think Melbourne are going to hit hard.
1: OK, let's examine that. We're going to hit hard, Melbourne, because you've inspired them. What took place there pre-game?
2: It got relayed to me because I hadn't played for six or eight weeks, that one of the board members had said, "What's wrong with Gary? Is he run out of injury payments?" Now, whether he was joking, at a, it was a throwaway line, or uh, he meant it, I don't right. know. But that when that was relayed to me, it sort of it fired me up. I right. didn't like I you thought, didn't take I it. I thought I'd been a good enough servant yeah. not to have my integrity questioned about I was playing for money or injury payments.
1: Okay, but, so you've pretty so much you've pretty much got yourself. Up out of the sick bed, you still got a no, crook... no,
2: no. I was running, no, but you
1: got a crook back, still, yeah, but that's okay. you're not 100%. But right? That's all right, but I was straight. You're, you're the captain, you want to lead your team, you've got a caretaker, <laughs> co- you got a caretaker coach, <laughs> and you see this committeeman prior to your running out onto the ground. No,
2: so Greg Hudson did his pre match speech, you know, it was emotional, and then I spoke to the players about what you know, how I felt we'd let Neil down by mm-hmm. the way we were playing. Da-da-da. Thinking now, I'll deal with that other issue after the footy because I don't want to make it seen. And then I opened the door and I saw the said gentleman amongst all the people waiting, you know, clapping us and cheering us out onto the ground. And
1: okay, so just I just want to <laughs> set I just want to set I just want to set the scene here because a lot of people probably have never been inside the dressing room prior. To a game. Back in the day, a lot of the committee men sort of, they all had sort of like gold passes, didn't they? They could come down into oh, the they rooms. Were members.
2: They were board members. They yeah, I oh, do no, do,
1: it doesn't work like that now Does at it? football clubs. No, there's a difference now mm. that, you know, the way that you can operate. So they're all sort of down there in the rooms. Yes. And you're leading. You're about to lead the team out. So they're all gathered together, having a bit of a chin wag. They're clapping you. They might have heard Hutchie. They might have heard you just addressing the players. They're there. They're all excited. They're clapping. Oh, come on, go Dee's, go Dee's, go Dee's. <laughs> yes. And just before you step out to well, lead the team, I did the, see team, the
2: bloke, and I thought
1: before. Did but, you ever think about what it, it might be yeah, that you say to him? Wait, you did
2: see him. Maybe address the fact that he would accused you just because you wanted mm. money to play till Monday. But right. then, in the emotion of the moment. I, I did go and challenge him.
1: Okay, so that. how did you challenge him?
2: Well, I, I grabbed the hold of him. And said, <laughs> That's
1: assault, Gary. <laughs>
2: no, it wasn't. A, That's assault. No, it wasn't assault. Him. I'm not proud of it, but I, I know did. You're not I grabbed, proud of it, I grabbed, it I grabbed him. I said, "You think I'm, oh. you think I'm buying footy for money? Do you? Yeah. Given what had just happened with our club, and so. Uh, you grabbed I him by the. Done.
1: Did you have a Melbourne tie on? Did you grab him by the tie? Or by the
2: the jacket, lapels of his I don't jacket. Know if I grabbed him. That's probably too strong a term, but I might have just pointed my finger at him. And <laughs> you grabbed him. Let's be honest. <laughs> you grabbed him, didn't you? Anyway, doesn't matter. Hey, look, I'm not. I, I, no, I wasn't I, proud not, of it. I'm not proud of it. I've written about it. I and we we, and I did. I was very hurt that that a Melbourne a board member had questioned, you know, whether I was playing for these money monetary reasons or whatever. Yeah. And so I did. I I challenged him in a strong manner before we ran out, and then we went out and played the game. And lo and behold, we had a win. Had a good win. You come in after the game. Can I just say I contributed nothing. I kicked the goal off the ground. Right, I couldn't (laughs) (laughs) pick it up. No, you weren't very. And that was it. And then we had a laugh about it. Uh, Did you
1: really? Did you come in after the game? The players had it. The
2: players. Did Greg
1: Hutchison touch on it? No,
2: Hutchy didn't. But the players sort of sheepishly just. And when we are having a shower, I said, well, what was that about? And then we right. all had a laugh. And, right. And I spoke to that gentleman on Monday and he apologised and, and said that he hadn't really thought about what he was saying. And you
1: know, All good with him now? All good,
2: all good. Yep, not a problem in the world.
1: Right. And did you think in any way that it it inspired the team when they went out there? Do you think it?
2: not sure your captain and the board member having a little tussle before you no. run out is probably the right thing to do prior to a game of footy, Tim, but they were funny times back then and <laughs> – That was was a strange old story.
1: I don't want to insert myself in this story.
2: (laughs) Yes, you do. And I I want you to because I've spoken too much.
1: But the postscript to that day is that night, Greg Hutchison came on the footy replay show on Channel 7, (laughs) which led to one of the great moments in television history in this country. Well, coming up after the break, we'll catch up with Demon Coach We
2: got a going on when it's free, bro.
1: <laughs> it was that night. Was that It was night? that night that that happened because right. that was the first time that he'd been the caretaker coach of Melbourne and he came on uh, Channel 7. So there you go. That was my contribution to your great story about Joseph Goodnick. The
2: wash-up is
1: – What was the wash-up? Well,
2: I, I retired later that year. No, I didn't. No, no, no. I got back – we paid 98 mm. and – there was – Joseph and I, we had, we came to a truce, right.
1: basically. Did you ever have a good relationship?
2: No, I don't – well, it wasn't too bad. I, all I did in the end was we just said, listen, you know, we, footy clubs are much, much bigger than he or I or anyone else. Right. So we just let that go. And he said a few – I retired in the middle of 99. He said a couple of things which I hated, you know. Like what? Oh, and I can't remember now. Yeah, you can. I
3: was, you never forget things. <laughs> no.
2: Well, I made a comment on something about the footy club having yeah. been retired for a, about a week, and yeah. he said, "Well, no one. I don't care. Gary's an ex. He's an ex. He doesn't matter anymore." Something along those lines. Right. And anyway, at the end of the year, Neil Danaher took over, and he, or no, Neil Dunne, Neil Danaher was coaching. And at the end of that year of 1999, he, he, Jimmy, myself, and Todd had all retired, and he wanted us to coach. And I thought, well, I need to, yeah, make sure. We're all so I went and sort of spoke to Joseph and said, I'll, "I'm I'll, I'm going to be the you know, thing about doing this forward line coach, so let's just you know let yeah. bury the hatchet and get on with it." And you now the club's the most important thing, and we played in the grand final that year.
1: Yep. two thousand. Neil Dunne, who's first year, second year, the second as coach,
2: or third uh, eighty eight? No, third year. Yeah. Okay, and Joseph, I can't remember his departure from Melbourne. How did that play out? Um. Now, I, now I don't. I genuinely don't know. I don't, I'm not sure what happened. He just. I don't know what happened in the end, Tim. I'll find out about that. You can hear Brooksy Googling. I did, Do you when, exchange
1: birthday cards or Christmas
2: cards? No, or no, 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 no. Not at all.
1: But, I mean, he was... If you saw him now, would you be happy to talk to him?
2: Well, I'd talk, of course I'd talk to yeah. him. He was a curiosity. That's the way I described it. A curiosity that swung through the footy mm. club, you know, in this massive blaze at a really, really critical time. And, to be fair, injected a lot of money but also became very, very present. And I think it was good for his profile and his businesses at the time and then disappeared as quickly as he emerged. And, um, you know, he'll be a part of the history of the club.
1: Would you be prepared to say that he did all of that for his own ego to promote himself in any way?
2: I wouldn't be prepared to say that. No, no.
1: but no. You, you, you might think it.
2: <laughs> no. <laughs> you idiot. Oh. So I am just looking here. He was the president until 2001, Mm. Um, December 2001. He was uh, lost a majority vote by the board of the club uh, back at that time. So he got voted out. And that that was the, as I said, it was a whirlwind, Mm. um, three or four or five years of Joseph. And um, we haven't seen... I've never seen... I wonder whether
1: he goes to Melbourne games. I don't think he does.
2: Right. I don't think he's been seen... Um, not for a long time. Right, he's not in the cheer squad? Or... Maybe. Uh, <laughs> maybe anyway, that's a rabbit hole that I'm not going to go down again. That's a big rabbit hole. And I'm going to climb out the other side and do something a bit lighter.
0: It's time to talk farming for Kubota. For over 40 years, Kubota's been making tomorrow matter. Shaping and building Australia together.
2: I wanted to talk to you about this issue that I'm, I've got grave concerns about, and that's its sort of um, stock management. Right. And then how you deal with kangaroos. Right. So I've got. Are you
1: breeding kangaroos?
2: I don't know, how, how can I be breeding kangaroos?
1: Well, I thought you had a breeding
2: program. A <laughs> breeding program? What? Every
1: time you show me a photo um, or a video of your property, it's just there's kangaroos as far as the eye can see. This is for Kabota Together.
2: We're shaping and building Australia. I, Why don't you breed them, by the way? Well, you don't have to. They breed themselves. And I think over my five or six years of being a very serious farmer, I'm mm. seeing this explosion of the kangaroo population on my property. What's their gestation period? Yeah, average kangaroo. yearly. I see new joeys yearly. Like so, I don't know the answer to that, but all I know is there's hundreds of them. Right. What what what's the answer to how do you control it? Um, I know because we. When haven't you got, say control, well, are got, you no, trying to keep them in a paddock, or are you no, trying to no, keep them no. <laughs> numbers down? They're free range kangaroos. We're right. next to the national park, so my mates, my farm mates, tell yep. me that yours is the first. You know, grass that's been chopped. Right. So that, it's the fresh. They go for right. the fresh grass. Ah, that's why they come soft. onto the...
1: They've got a soft mouth. <laughs> well, then the bush... The they... fresh grass, though, is softer.
2: Well, it must tastier.
1: Yeah, sweeter. Yeah.
2: So my question to you is, I don't have any cattle. Though. I have my right. free-range daupers. Yeah. They come on and off, mm. but that's okay. Mm. So it doesn't worry me right now, the kangaroos. They don't really ruin the fences, or they do leave a little bit of a mess when they sort of come under. Yeah. What, what, if it gets to the stage where it is an issue, what do I do? That's my question for you today in the, in our farming segment. What do I do about it? Nikki loves a kangaroo.
1: Yeah, I know. And they're good for your touring operation yes, too. Yes, ha- You, they you have a little a part-time business. <laughs> they do. Your summertime business when uh, all those people from other countries <laughs> arrive in minibuses and you <laughs> take them around the paddock. Um,
2: I'm serious about this.
1: I know you are. I, I
2: know there's a culling, like a
1: controlled
2: cull right. in place for certain areas, I'm sure.
1: I can't see you getting a shotgun not, and shooting a kangaroo, not, though.
2: I can't. I'm not allowed to do it. It's Professionals come in. Oh, I don't, ha, I
1: don't do. have a kangaroo problem at our property down in Gippsland. I've got, I've got deer. I've got wombat. I've got the odd rabbit, maybe two or three too many rabbits on the property. Right. Um, I've got brown snakes, which I'm not farming. No. I've got black snakes, which I'm not farming. I've got what so I say? Just, I've got foxes. What's your wool. advice to me then? My move down to Gippsland. You won't have the same problem down there.
2: I like the kang. I like, like. I like watching the peninsula
1: know. is being overrun by kangaroos.
2: Well, there's lots of them. I'm giving you a first-hand experience that there are a lot of kangaroos, and their population grows every year because mm. they breed, and there's joeys, and more and more joeys each mm. year. It's going to get to the stage where. Yeah, there's deciduous. more kangaroos
1: than Gary's and you, there's no space for you and Nikki and the family with the kangaroos just taking over. Oh, I, I don't hope. really know what the answer is because you know culling seems to I'd, be the answer for a lot of people, and the problem that is down there on the peninsula. Maybe
2: when we eventually build and you're there, hmm. yeah, you know, you're, you're there every day, and you, then they might, might. Because there is
1: a farming of kangaroo and you know the hides and all that sort of stuff. I don't know an we, industry. Have you
2: looked into that or not? I'm not interested in that. I, I'm thinking and I'm, I'm hoping when I have a more – because I can be weeks at a time when right. I'm not there. Right, right. That that's when they take over. But if it's a more regular presence, maybe they might shove off.
1: This is an expensive – Chase them onto Ian's property. This is an expensive solution, but
2: if you bought more land oh, no, and, I you, can't. I and you can't just, just moved them to another property. <laughs> I can't buy more. I'll just shoo <laughs> them into – my mate, my, my Neighbour? Mate, farmer neighbor, Ian, mm. Mm. he's got a massive big dam. And you know what he put in the middle of it? An Island, a fountain, a fountain. It, look, it looks like the Bellagio. is <laughs> I'm not joking either. What? He's put this massive because his dam is his drinking water, so he's got this oh. very elaborate filtration system. Is it spring fed? Bore. yeah. But now he's got this <laughs> massive. Should I get I'll one? I'll try of them? and be more interested. Should I get one of them?
1: Um, no, I don't think you've got your dam. Your big, dam big is, dam. No, you got a tiny dam. I have not got a tiny it's dam. It's a very small dam. That's not true. It's probably the weakest part of your property. Bigger than your if you don't dam. mind some feedback, it's yeah. probably the weakest part of
2: your property. <laughs> I take exception <laughs> to that. It mightn't be huge, but it's very deep. All right, that's the final segment for Kubota. Together we are Shaping and Building Australia.
0: Quick Fire Rabbit Holes for TJM. Handle anything with XGS Premium Suspension by TJM. Visit your local TJM store for a free quote today. Take exception to that. (laughs) Have you got a dam? You haven't got a dam.
2: I've got a leaking dam. I have, yeah. A couple of Quick Fire Rabbit Holes. Little rabbit holes will jump down and not sure where we go, but they'll be quick. The Masters this weekend I'm infatuated with. You are. For good reason. um, Mm. That I'm into my golf and I love it now more than I ever have. But the fact that the live defectors are coming. To um, Augusta, there's an
1: element. of them. There's an element to this that hasn't been there in the past. No,
2: no, there's And the reporting today, being Wednesday, is that oh, yeah, you know, Cam Smith and yeah. Bryson DeChambeau have all arrived, and it's all good, and everyone mm. loves each other, and they're hugging and kissing. And it, but I, I think the reality, deep down, when you scratch the surface, is different. McIlroy, Rory's been the most outspoken of the you know the PGA originals. What would be
1: your ultimate finish to
2: this? Oh tournament? Patrick Reed is an is a gnarly. Uh, combative, even before he defected to live. Mm. So if he ended up in the last day with Patrick Reed, it'd be great. But you'd love Dustin Johnson or Cam Smith would be ideal. Mm. But they don't, as I can understand it best, no one's really got an issue with Cam Smith. No, he's inoffensive. Yeah, he's yeah. very likeable.
1: Yeah. The others, though, there's a difference of, them, of opinion there.
2: Brooks Koepka's playing some good golf. He, you know, if you Rory watch, McElroy, Roo- He's not happy with a couple of Rory's the little boys. Rory's not happy, so... Scotty Sheff, although I did read today where Scotty Sheffler goes Bryson DeChambeau, a big hug. So maybe it's going to be a bit of a fizzer, but I don't think so. And the whips are cracking. And Liv, the live golfers need to win. One of the live golfers need to win because yep. the whole perception is that they've taken the money and they play Mickey Mouse golf. Mm. You know, whereas the PGA go, no, we're still playing this competitive. You've got to make the cut you know, play, to play the last two days. So there's all that at stake. It's going to be unlike any other, I think. And I think golf's in its most interesting phase.
1: Uh, talking about interesting phases, the Grand Prix, you were there. What did you think? Loved it. Is it worthy?
2: Yeah, as an event. It's as huge. an event? It had that had that sense of anticipation walking in and the build-up to the start of all the great big events. You um, felt the buzz when yeah, you were right. Yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm like everyone. I'm not right into it. But, you know, when we go to the Grand Final, because we're into it, the build-up is unbelievable and then the you know, build-up to mm. the bounce and then because we love the game, we're, we're still enamored. The build-up. Is like that. It's like the spring carnival, if you've ever been to the Melbourne Cup or mm-hmm. Cox Plate Day or something like that. Test match cricket for the first ball. It had all that great sense of excitement.
1: Did you really feel the need to wear your Grand Prix <laughs> uniform and your helmet? Were you worried <laughs> well, about people recognising I shouldn't have because it was bloody hot. When um, you got inside the um, corporate suite and you met a couple of Hollywood people, did it enhance the day for you in any way? You and Nicholas Bruin became great mates?
2: Who's also bit, a.k.a. Greg... Uh, cousin Greg from in, Succession, yeah, and Sarah Snook, yep, who shiv from Succession. Good they were bloke. with us. Ripping bloke, ripping bloke, lovely man. What was good about him? Well, oh, he was friendly. He was engaging. He was interested. Mm. Nikki pulled her phone out and started showing her the Cookaburra video straight away, which <laughs> I was embarrassed about. <laughs> but he loved it. Did and you his in, girlfriend.
1: At any stage of the afternoon, did you get close enough to him to invite him down to the? Be honest here. Did you invite him down to the? I didn't lane?
2: have to, Nikki. <laughs> Gave him gave him the keys to the farm and the Kubota. I was with Howie, Mark Howard. I'll tell you the best thing about the Grand Prix sitting next to Mark Howard. You know how he for three years travelled to every Grand Prix around the world? No, I didn't
1: know that. Yeah. Is he a Grand Prix fan? Yeah. Yep.
2: So I, I had hundreds of questions and I yeah. just asked him. So right. he 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 read it like a book. He right. told me there'd be a crash soon. Sure right. enough, crash.
1: Why did he why did you think there was gonna be a crash?
2: Oh, because there's only like a two-lap two, two lap race, or then the tyres get soft, right, okay. so you lose a bit of control, all that stuff. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me.
1: Um, You're excused.
2: Air. We'll, we'll go and watch the movie Air. That's the Nike story.
1: I am really looking forward to this film, not for any other reason other than I've just realised that Jason Bateman is in the film too, and you and I are big fans of his because we listen to uh, his podcast.
2: Do you reckon he listens to ours yet? Um. No. Nah. Here's some audio. Mm. If you followed the Nike story over the journey, then you'd know these names. If you don't, just trust us. They're major players. So Sonny Vaccaro, who was an agent, he convinces Phil Knight, who owns uh, Nike, to sign a young Michael Jordan.
0: I'm willing to bet my career on Michael Jordan. Come on, man. You ask me what I do here. This is what I do. I find you players, and I feel it this time. Okay, it's risky. When you were selling sneakers out of the back of your Plymouth, that was risky. It took balls. I mean, that's why we're all here. Don't change that now. I mean, if you look at him, if you really look at Jordan, like I did, you're going to see exactly what I see. Which is what? The most competitive guy I have ever seen.
2: Sonny Vaccaro is played by Matt Damon. Mm -hmm. Phil Knight, the owner of Nike, is played by Ben Affleck.
1: I like the sound of this film. I do. I haven't been to the movies in a long time. You and I might go together and watch this. Do you want to
2: read a story before you go to it? Would you read a book if I gave it to you before you go? I think I've read the book. Shoe dog? Yeah, I've read that. I've oh, yeah. read yeah. it. Yeah.
1: Super book. Yeah, no, it's great. It's a great great story. It's a good recommendation,
2: actually. So if who does Jason it? Bateman play? Um, doesn't say
1: you know he's got like a photographic memory? I've been listening to him talk about this. So he learns his lines for yeah. a movie. Mm-hmm. He looks at a page, right? You can imagine how how much dialogue there might be. on know about I've been in a, there there been in be a series. There may be a lot of dialogue on a page. He can look at it once, yes. like just once and go, got it, and then he can put it down, and then he can just go and play the role. Yeah, that's right.
2: That's that what is an do. extraordinary skill. Well, to be what we able do to... in the industry. I read an auto cue every night, and I still <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Um, Another rabbit hole for you, quickly. Trump, followed it, care, interested, not interested?
1: Uh, Less care about it. What is our obsession with American politics? That's the question to you down a rabbit
2: hole. I spoke to you about this. It's not, I don't think it's as much American politics as it is Donald Trump. Now I'm speaking for myself. So when Donald Trump was the president, I tuned into all those American Fox News, CNNs. I watched them all because he, I don't know, he fascinated me intrigued me annoyed me so right. I watched all the di- all the discourse about it when he left I didn't watch any of it
1: do you see him as a charismatic figure no, is that no. no so what was your fascinating just that he may say something that he goes on, he went off script which was unusual for an american president i'd say well. the
2: fascination with it was that how elements of the american media just were totally mesmerized by him like mm. and some people here in australia as well and just to see it play out in real time, I it was it was entertaining to watch. Mm.
1: Those scenes, though, today, so we're talking about uh, when he was actually heading to court. They were for me, they were reminiscent of the O.J. Simpson yeah. stuff, yeah. you know, like the following of the car down the highway, the freeway, all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not as interested in Donald Trump. What's going to happen
2: to him? He's not going to jail. He, let's face it, he's not, he ain't going to jail. No,
1: he'll go back. Uh, what is it, the show that he hosted?
2: Apprentice. The apprentice? Yeah, the apprentice. He's running, for, he's running for the presidency. He'll go yeah. back to that at some stage. You got any more little rabbit holes? No. No. Next week when we're on, um, we can talk about Gather Round and our thoughts about right. the fact the whole of the AFL carnival is moving to Adelaide and South Australia. Yep. What that'll be like having 18 teams there in all nine games. Yep.
1: Are we staying together? Because when we travel, we normally want to be close to each
2: other. Um,
1: have you given that any thought yet or not?
2: Let's have a think about it and discuss it uh,
1: next week. Hey, What what flight are you on to get to Adelaide? Because I'd like to move my, to make <laughs> sure that we're on the same flight. One that you're not... I feel safer. I'm a very, I'm, Why a, are white, you a, nervous I'm a white flyer? knuckle nervous flyer. Yeah. If I knew that you were sitting alongside me, holding my hand, I'd feel
2: a lot braver and a lot more comfort. All right. Well, let's organize that because that'll give us something to talk about. Hey, thanks everyone for being part of the rabbit hole for episode eight. That's all thanks for tire power. Have a good week. Whispers. Selected Toyo tires. Buy three, get one free.
0: This has been the Rabbit Hole with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson for Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tire retailer, keeping you safe on the roads. Tirepower.com.au. Tune in to 1116 SEN each Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday from 6 to 9am to your SEN breakfast with Gary and Tim.